help us. I really feel it. And Brother Jason asked me what I had for today. I said, it's, it's going to be good, brother. It's going to be good. And I feel it. I could just preach it to myself and go home. It's, it's a good word that God has given me. John chapter 3. I did not give that to the media, but that's my text. John chapter 3, verse 1. And I, I just want to talk to you today about the Spirit, this Holy Spirit, the Spirit, about spiritual things and the difference in spiritual things and uh, fleshly things and mental things. And I want to talk about the Spirit. We're a Spirit-led church. We're a Spirit-led church. And you're going to see why we're a Spirit-led church. John 3, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one, not unless you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You literally cannot see correctly until you're born again. It's all confusing. The Bible is confusing. God's confusing. Church is confusing. Until you're born again, then it's all just going to be really confusing for you. And this is why Jesus wants us to get born again first, because then everything else is easier. So he's, he's explaining being born again. And then look what happens in verse 4. Nicodemus says to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus clarified. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Somebody say new spirit. Not new body, not new mind. New spirit. This isn't about your mental health. This is about your spiritual health. We're talking about mental health today because we don't understand the difference in the mind and the spirit. And so this is a spiritual change that you've got to have. You've got to be born again with the right spirit. That's the spirit of God. Your spirit's messed up. His spirit's not. You've got to have his spirit inside of you. And, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do, do not... Uh, flesh and flesh, spirit and spirit, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So we must be born again of the spirit because you cannot enter the kingdom. So he said in verse 3, you can't see. And then he says in verse 5, you can't even enter. You can't see and you can't enter until you're born again of the spirit, of the water and the spirit. You're stuck. You're stuck. Think all you want to think. Get exercise. It doesn't matter. You're stuck until you're born of the spirit. Until your spirit's right, nothing's right. Until your spirit's right, nothing's right. Get smart, get healthy, get ripped. Nothing's right until your spirit's right. This is so important for us, church family, to talk about today. So put my title screen up there because I don't remember what it is. It all goes back, it all goes back to a spiritual problem. I know that's so strange the day we're living in. Because we've got so many doctors. We've got so many things to help us. It all goes back to a spiritual problem. It all goes, it all goes back. Now, your mind and body are affected. I'll explain that. But it all goes back to a spiritual problem. Everybody say in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated today. When I was growing up in church, sometimes the elders said, Just pray through. I'm like, but I got problems. And they were like, go pray through. And I'm like, well, I, I need money. Go pray through. I got temptations. Go pray through. I want to fight somebody. Go pray through. I want to quit. Go pray through. I'm like, do you know anything? Are you a lazy pastor? There are people that have gotten frustrated because we have told them, you just need to go get a good dose of the altar. We have people that say we need more than just the Spirit. We have people that say, well, I tried Jesus. I need a little something else. What a damnable message. Everything we need is in Jesus. If you're doing this thing right, it will work. And there's a, there's a movement today that says, 
I know church is good, pastors are good, the Bible's good, but I'm still struggling. And I need more. But my mind is messed up. My body is messed up. I need other help outside of the kingdom of God to help with non-kingdom things. Everything's a kingdom thing. Every part of your life is a kingdom thing. Everything you're going through right now has a purpose in the kingdom. Money, health, mind, wealth, every part of it has to do with the spiritual realm. But the elders told us, just pray through. <laughs> what is that? Well, I can tell you what it was. It was the go-to solution for most all problems over the past 50 years. It helped many people, and then it began to confuse many people. But no doubt, it does need more explanation. Because leaving people hanging with just pray through is not good enough. We need to know why praying through makes the difference. We need more explanation on this idea of go to your prayer closet until something changes. We need more teaching because many think that it's not enough. But I'm going to try my best today to, to show you how if you will work on a spiritual level, it will filter into every other part of your being. Because all things, all problems go back to a spiritual problem. It's a simple way of saying you need God's help and you need to start there. The elders maybe weren't college educated. The elders maybe didn't know how to explain it the right way. But their intentions were pure. What they were trying to say is all things go back to spiritual problems. All things go back to you and your walk with God. That's what they meant when they said that. After all, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Mental challenge is nothing for God. Health challenge nothing for God. Money challenge nothing for God. If you believe that, you will go pray. We have not because we ask not. So that's what the elders meant when they said, go pray through. Today we're going to look at the root behind all our issues. We're going to start to dissect where our problems come from and therefore where to start in getting some solutions to what we're battling. The first thing you've got to understand today is that we are, as human creations, body, soul, and spirit. We are three different unique components that make up our humanity. The best way to explain this is talk about your animal, your pet. How many of y'all have a pet? God bless you. In America, in America, we feed animals. This is America. We love them. We spend lots of money on them. I heard somebody say one time they spent thousands of dollars on their animal. And, and, and people do it. People spend a lot of money on animals because they're, they're, they're amazing beings. But let's talk about animals. Maybe it'll help you. Don't, don't get triggered. Don't leave, okay? We'll talk about your animal. I'm, I may shock you about your animal. You may not know some things about your animal. Uh, animals have a body and a soul, but they don't have a spirit. Come on. They have a body. They have a soul. They don't have a spirit. Um, they can move. You can touch them. They're tangible. They're real physical beings. They have a body. And when that body dies, it turns back into dust just like a human. Just like a human body. Because it has a body, has flesh like we do. Okay? Made from the dirt of the earth. They have a specific, unique animal nature that causes them to behave a certain way. And they have these things called natural instincts. Does the instinct come from the body? No, it comes from the soul. So the soul of an animal is the part of the animal that's been programmed to it to work and function a certain specific way unique to other animals. This is why all animals act differently. This is why all animals behave differently. They have different natures. Animals were created in unique ways, and they're beautiful creatures, and they show that our God is an amazing God. The book of Psalms tells us that the teeming things, the animals all over the earth, testify to the creation of God. 
our God made all these incredible animals to show off. And that's why we went to the zoo yesterday. And that's why we're feeling the Holy Ghost right now. Because you can't go to a zoo and not believe in a God. You can't look at all the creation, the animals, and the way they're all unique and different. You'll watch a little bit of wild crats. It'll make you want to pray through real good. But you learn about animals, and you learn about how unique they are, and you learn about the things they do. You don't have to tell them to do it. It's like they seem like they almost have the spirit. And some of you, I think, you think your dog has the Holy Ghost. Because some of your dogs treat you better than your family. Not your cats. They don't have the Holy Ghost. That's why the Egyptians worship them. I'm just joking. It's a joke, guys. They, they actually did have like a cat as one of their gods, but uh, yeah, that, that, there's something there to that. But, you know, our dog's nature, different than other animals, is nature is unique. The dog's nature is not like other animals. There are many other animals that would just straight kill you. But a dog can be different. The dog's nature is to obey you unless it was abused, hurt, abandoned, or crossbred abnormally, or sick. The core nature of that animal is the same as every other dog. Dogs are unique. You have different types of dogs. You have different breeds of dogs. And you love your dog and think your dog's the best. Even though your dog is not like someone else's dog. Different size, different breed, different age. You feed it something different. Table scraps, no, no organic. Everybody's got their thing. But your dogs all do tricks and they kind of obey. Some are smarter than others. Some do more. It depends on the breed of the dog. But your dog is special to you and you love your dog even though your dog is different than other dogs because it's in the nature of dogs to act a certain way. But the dog doesn't have a spirit. The dog can't get the Holy Ghost. The dog is not like humanity. I think we all know that. Or at least we should know that. The dog is just an animal. The dog is not like us, like man, like woman, not like angels, not like demons. The dog is not technically good or bad, like holy or unholy, even though we've wondered if our dogs have been possessed by demons. But animals are not necessarily good or bad. They're not necessarily holy or unholy. Yes, we live in a, a fallen world. Yes, we have a fallen nature, and I'm sure it affects all God's creation. But animals, for the most part, behave within a parameter that God placed on them. This is why dogs don't act like cats. This is why animals act different than other animals, because God put a boundary. He made them unique. They are, for the most part, predictable, but they're not understandable because we can't talk to them, even though we try. Who's a good doggy? Who's a good doggy? You want a snack? You want to, and we talk to them, we tell them our problems, and we even pray for them. Some of y'all are nodding. You pray for them when they're sick. Only reason I ever pray for my dog is because it would cost me some money. <laughs> I was trying to save a buck. I pray for my dog. I had no problem with my dog passing away. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> our dog is no longer in our home. You haven't heard me talk about Jazzy in a long time. She's gone. She's in Arkansas. She's far away from our family. We tried it. We moved on. Didn't work out for us. But this is why God gave Adam Eve, because animals were poor substitutes for companions. Let that sink in for the cat lady who thinks that cat will take the place of a husband. It won't. And let's move on. Why are y'all looking around at people? Don't look at anybody. Just, just look down, get your Bible, start going, oh my word, he said that in church. What is going on? Animals are poor substitutes for people. But the reason why we have a love for animals is because we have a hate for people. Because animals have become obedient, whereas people haven't. Animals have become loyal, whereas people haven't. And you can hurt your animals and they still 
come back to you. And so that's the reason why we, we hang out with them and have them as pets. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying animals are different. Animals are unique. They are not like us. They don't have a spirit. They're not eternal. And they won't be in heaven. Oh, I know the lion and the lamb's going to be up there. Okay. Well, do you have a pet lion or a lamb? No, you don't. <laughs> if you have a pet lion, you're going to be in heaven a lot sooner than if you have a pet lamb. I can promise you that. <laughs> I can just imagine some of y'all just lost your minds right there when I said that. That's my personal opinion. I mean, if you find scripture that you're, all your pets you ever had are just going to come out of the grave with you, and you're going to have like a big tether of leash, 20 animals hipped on your hip on the day the Lord comes back. Okay, show me the scripture. I'm, I'm not seeing that at all. So Adam received an eternal spirit. That's the difference in man and animal. Adam received an eternal spirit. For God breathed the breath of life into Adam. This is special because the other animals did not get that breath of God breathed into the nostrils. So, Adam, we are unique. We are God's creation. We have a spirit. Someone say we have a spirit. We are separated. This separated uh, Adam from the animals, and it made him more similar to God and the angels. And so we have a spirit. We have an eternal choice. We will live somewhere in heaven or hell one day. So those of you who love your animals, at least they won't go to hell either. That make you feel a little better at least. <laughs> Adam was innocent and pure until he gave into temptation, decided to rebel against God, and this rebellion caused his nature to be stained or impure, turning it into a sinful nature. His body still functions just like it did before he sinned. He can still go pick up sticks. He can still start a fire. He can still use his body. His muscle mass did not decrease because he sinned. So this is a spiritual problem. Not a physical problem. It's not like immediately when he sinned, he lost all of his muscles. It wasn't like he went from like Samson to a little child. Whenever he sinned and messed up, this was a spiritual problem, not a physical problem. God did not reach down and touch that body and say, now forever this body's going to be super weak. It's going to be full of sickness. And he just got real sick. And all of a sudden he was coughing because what happened to him first was spiritual. Did it affect the body eventually? Sure. Sure, sickness showed up later. Sure, back pain showed up later. And now from the sweat of your brow, you're going to be working in the field, Adam, and now it's going to hurt. There was work in the, gar there was work in the garden. Yeah. The difference is, is now your body's going to start to fall apart. Over time, because the spirit changed, the body will. You know why we have aches and pains and you know why we suffer in the flesh? Because our spirit was the first to get damaged. And as the spirit goes, the body goes. So we have fallen spirits, and now man begins to slowly die. But his body functioned just like before. What about his mind? Does the Bible tell us that whenever he sinned, that his mind became dumber? No. In fact, it says that he ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now he's actually wiser. He's just smarter in all the, in all the wrong ways. So man's mind did not get dumber. God did not curse that mind and be like, now, because of your sin, I'm going to make you have mental problems. But do we have mental problems? Yes, we do. You know why? Because when the Spirit of God leaves, it will begin to affect your mind. But what happened to him was spiritual, not physical, not mental. But look what happens to humanity as the Spirit of God and the spirit of man as that divides away from each other, now you've got a bunch of people with mental issues and physical issues. Because where the spirit of God is not, everything else begins to crumble. What's going to happen to us in heaven, Brother Edgar? You're not going to have any more problems in your body. Not have any more problems in your mind. Because you will be completely whole in your spirit. But now that his spirit's messed up, his spirit is now pushing him to disconnect from God and to be selfish. His mind can know what is wrong and right, but there is now a daily inner pull to sin against God and to be selfish and not worship his God. The Apostle Paul said it like this. He said that the good that I want to do, I don't do it because sin fights me. 
and, the, and only Jesus could deliver him from the body of the death. That's how the Apostle Paul said it in the New Testament. So we have to understand body, soul, spirit, how, does they, how do they act together? This is very important for your problems you're going through. Your body is a slave to the soul. Your body does what your mind tells it to do. Your body can't move one muscle if your brain doesn't agree. Ever heard of brain dead? Nobody moving. Didn't say spirit dead, it's brain dead. When you're brain dead, nothing happens in the body. The, the brain is the bridge between spirit and flesh. The soul is the bridge. It's where things are communicated through. And so we know that our body is slave to the soul, and your body does what your brain tells it to do. Your brain is like the computer system that controls the movement. Your brain is powerful. It regulates stress. It puts you at ease. Your thoughts are powerful. Your thoughts make you scared. Your thoughts make you get stressed out. Your thoughts make you happy. What are you thinking about? You see, your muscles are tense because your thoughts. Somebody has a lot of stress. Somebody goes up to you and rubs your shoulder. You go, oh, you're so tense. You must be going through a lot. Did you lift a lot? No, I'm sitting at a desk all day. But what are you going through in your mind? You see, your mind affects your body. When your mind is not right, it affects your muscles. This is all proven by science. We know all of this, that when your mind's not right, it will translate and show up in your body. That's how you can know how your mind's doing sometimes by looking at the mirror or how you feel. It's true. If it shows up eventually in your body, it started in your mind. Your mind wanted to have it, and you got it, and your body's paying for it. Your mind said, I want another smoke. Your body's paying for it. Your mind said, I want another drink. Your body's paying for it. What your mind wants, what it decides to go after, your body pays for it. Because it's the slave to your mind. Your mind can regulate your thoughts, regulate your, even your hormones at times. Your mind can regulate your cellular repair or damage by your thoughts. It's a proven fact now that you can actually get better if you have cancer because of a positive thinking. And some people are like, positive thinking is not, is not really biblical. Yeah, it is, because whenever you finish with this study, you'll find out that whenever you walk in faith, you have positive thinking. It's rooted in faith. And so you literally can heal better when you have positive thinking. Like I told you, maybe some things are showing up in your body that's wrong with your mind. But we want to go ahead and start eating good. But have you changed your mind? Because I know people that, that say this, I've tried every diet and I just can't. But I lifted weights and I just, but I did it. And how come you can? Because your mind might not be like their mind. You may not be burning as much fat when you're on the treadmill because your mind could be over here eating Cheetos. That's funny right there. How many of you thought about food on a treadmill? I do. I'm just like, when I get done, I burned 100 calories. It took three hours. I'm going to eat a Snicker bar after this. I'm going to break even, Brother George. But your thoughts control the cells in your body. People, I'm sure people have stressed themselves into cancer. I'm sure people have stressed themselves into hormonal problems. I'm sure people have thought their way into sickness. You can think into sickness. You can think out of sickness. If your body is what's controlling the health and the cellular level, your mind is actually behind all that. Get your mind right. It will affect your body. Now, we know that running, weightlifting, diet, breathing properly are all proven to make you feel better and even think clearer. It's been proven scientifically. It does, it does help. Someone say it helps. It doesn't solve your problems, but it helps. That, you can't worship the God of the gym and get everything you need in life. It's not going to do it all for you. Your diet's not going to fix everything. It'd be good for you, but the Bible says that bodily exercise profits little. It does profit, but it only profits a little in comparison to your thinking and your spirit. I know what's wrong. I'm going to go work out. That's not what's really wrong with you. Yeah, this is good so far. Are you all okay? Nobody's left? Thank God. 
Nobody's pinched their baby, made them start crying. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Hurry, this is where you cry. I got to go. I got to go to the nursery. Yeah. You're doing great. Good job. The impact from the body to the soul is much weaker than from the soul to the body. It does help, though. And if, if you, I'm going to tell you like this. If you're trying to pray after eating 45 Twinkies, your spirit's going to be slapping you upside the head, saying, why did you do that to me? You see, you're all, you're all together, guys. Your spirit, your soul, and your body are all chained. They're, they're, they're triplets that are tied together. What are they called when they're, when they're joined? They're conjoined triplets. Is that even a thing? Probably not. Conjoined twins. But you, your body, soul, and spirit have to live together. And what you do to one affects the others. And no wonder your 45 Twinkies is making it hard for you to pray. You thought that wasn't a spiritual thing. But it can affect your mind because a sugar rush can dump things in your system that affect your thinking and your thinking can mess up your prayer time and your spirit can be perfect but your body's messed up and your mind's messed up. Next, your soul is slave to the spirit. This is so important. Your mind will do things a little voice says to do, even if you don't want to. <laughs> you can think about doing right and end up doing wrong. I will go on a diet. I will go on a diet. I, is that cheesecake? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to fast today. You get at work. Free donut day. Well, I'm going to fast tomorrow. That's how the devil works. That's how the devil works. Don't say it out. If you're going to fast don't, in the morning, don't say it out loud. Because you say it out loud, somebody's going to be like, I feel like donuts for the office today. The devil's like, go get you some donuts, some round round donuts, and take them to work. Y'all, you can, you can be thinking it and not even do it. Your mind can be made up until it's not. I'm not doing this. I'm making, I'm making a commitment. You're like, well, never mind. Let's, tomorrow we'll do it. You can know it's stupid and still do it. You can be like, no, this is going to be stupid, but let's roll with it. You know? <laughs> How many ever, you've done it, you've been there before. You know, you're like, this is going to be dumb. Jumping off this into that is the stupidest thing I could ever do. But we're going to do it. Your mind can be like, idiot, and you still do it. You can be like, I don't need to be cheating. This ain't right. But I'm going to go ahead and do it. I should get off this thing before I start looking at something. But you know, you know it. You know it. But you still do it. Why? Oh, I got mental problems. No, you don't. You're thinking just fine. My mind's messed up. I just need a drug. No, you don't need a drug. Your mind is normal. Your mind is thinking and doing. Thinking and doing. I want it, I get it. That's how the brain works. What you want is what you do. It's not rocket scientists. It's just there to serve a purpose. I got, I got more. You can take a cold shower, unplug the computer, slap yourself in the face, and still find a way to get around it in the end. You can detox, you can cleanse, you can purge, and even live in a box and still sin. You can put yourself in a white room, nothing in there, just nothing to look at, nothing, and still find a way to sin. Before it's over, you're punching the walls, punching yourself, cussing. You, you can try your best to escape, think right, put your, put your fingers in your ears and go, nah, 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 nah. You cannot escape it. Your mind can know it's wrong, and you still end up doing that thing that you don't want to do. You can commit, you can dedicate, you can plan and fight and still not be right. You can know that there is no one in the house and when the lights are all out and the refrigerator drops fresh ice, you're pleading the blood over your house. You know ain't nobody coming to kill you. And 
why in the world would the dude that broke in your house be getting ice before he kills you? Oh, he's already trying to freeze my body. He ain't even killed me yet. He's already got the ice out. He's probably sitting there drinking some sweet tea before he kills me. Y'all be sitting at the house and the ice drops and it's just like, but I'm like, where's the gun? Where's the gun? Somebody broke in the house. Hey, ice falling sounds like glass breaking. But you can know ain't nobody. You can check your security camera. You can look and everything's fine. No motion lights going off and still, still you think there's something going down. You know what I call that? I call that spiritual. When your brain says this, but something else says that. I call it spiritual. When your mind is like, this is real, but there's something in you saying, but that's also real. And this is the difference in your mind and your spirit. There is a spiritual realm that does not make sense to our mind. It haunts us. It keeps us awake. It challenges our logic, and it whispers temptations in our ears. You can know you are a man, and it will say you're a woman. You can look in the mirror and see you are absolutely a dude. But a voice in your head says, no, you're not. You're a girl. And you're confused. And you don't know why your mind could think that. And you could still end up over there. You could say, I know I'm attracted to this. But why do I go after that? It's not a mental problem. spiritual that's right you can know the drugs will kill you and you still take them you know it they died they od'd they died they died but i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and do it maybe i won't die i probably will but and you still take the drugs and your mind is telling you don't do it it's not going to work you can know that guy is trouble and you shouldn't date him and you still do Everybody's telling you not to. But something says go for it. What is it? It's not your mind. Your mind is just fine. You can fail all day, every day, and still think everyone else is the problem. You look in the mirror, you know it's you making those bad choices. But something inside of you says it's not me, it's them. And it doesn't make any sense. And it's not logical. And y'all, the political world we're living in now, when you look up what happened in the world, it does not make sense. What these crazy people are doing in our world, you will never understand them, and neither do they. It doesn't make any logical sense what they're doing because we are in a spiritual battle. They look in the mirror and know this is right or wrong and ignore it anyway. Justify it. Make excuses for it. Explain it away. It doesn't make sense. Ever heard somebody under demonic possession try to explain it? It doesn't make sense. And you're looking at them like, what's wrong with you? You have a mental. Well, they probably do now. Because you let those spirits mess you up enough, it will get in your mind. You let those spirits mess you up enough, it'll get inside your body. You let that thing entertain that thought long enough, that spirit will do some stuff in you that will mess up your mind. And before you know it, you'll be looking for a pill because it did mess up your brain. Because you let that spirit adjust your thinking so long that now you can't even think straight. Nobody knows what to do with you. But I've come to tell you it's spiritual. I've come to tell you you need spiritual deliverance. I've come to tell you all that you're battling right now goes back to a spiritual problem. And if you want to get to the root of what you're dealing with, you didn't understand where this fight is really at. Watch this. A demon-possessed person can want to be free and not be able to be free without spiritual deliverance. Y'all hear that? A de- How many of y'all believe in demon-possessed people? It's real. Okay, go. If you can believe in that, you can believe in Holy Ghost filled people. Let's start with that right there. We got people that believe in Harry Potter, but not the church. If you believe in evil, then you believe in holiness. If you believe that evil is real, you believe there's a God that's real. There, there was a guy the other day that was some atheist. He, he was a Satanist, and he was like, the, they interviewed him and said, Do you believe the devil's real? He said, Yeah. He said, Yeah, I believe it. I believe, do you believe it's evil? Yeah, I believe it's evil. Okay, do you believe that there's good and, and there's God? No. Y'all, if there's dark, there's light. 
If there's evil, then there's going to be good. Does it make any sense? The mind can think about freedom and not even be able to snap out of it. The mind can say, I want help, and not be able to get help. The mind can say, I'm tired of this pain and this suffering, and I want out. Somebody rescue me. I don't know how. I'm trying my best because you need spiritual deliverance. You need help at the most core level of what's wrong with you. When you sincerely want out and you can't get out, you're bound. That's very important to understand. Some of you don't know if you need deliverance or not. You think you just need a, a counselor or medication. Let me tell you, if you want out but you can't get out, you're bound. And the only way to get out is for have me walk up to you today and say, in the name of Jesus, get that spirit out of you right now in Jesus' name. Because that's a spiritual battle and you don't have power over it. It's got power over you. You need the authority of a man of God to come in your life and say, in the name of Jesus, you've got to leave this brother alone. You've got to get out right now. He wants to be free. I free you in the name of Jesus right now. Get that spirit out of you right now in Jesus' name. And now we got to put back the pieces of the mental problem and the body problem. Just because you get delivered from the Spirit don't mean you get all your body back the way it was and get your mind back the way it was. Some of you are thinking, we'll come back immediately, but some of that stuff's going to take time. And this is why people get delivered and don't change, and they stay out of church. Because it, you're on a journey when you get delivered. You've got to stay close to the body of Christ. You've got to be very submissive, and that spirit will come back seven times hotter, seven times fiercer, and that will take over that house that was delivered out of. You've got to be careful. When God delivers you, get close to the front of the church because that thing will come back in force. With every deliverance, there must be a discipleship, or it will get worse. And you think you've been through tough things. You think you've been addicted. Just wait till you reject it twice. It's very difficult. So listen, it doesn't make sense because it's spiritual. And things that don't make sense are spiritual. This is why our elders told us to go pray through. Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> this is what the elders said. You got something spiritual going on, brother. I can't help your mind and I can't help your body because it's too deep. You need to go to God right now. You need to pray right now. You need to get free of this spirit right now. You need to take this to the altar right now and call on the name of Jesus until something shifts, until something breaks, until chains fall off. Because what's going on in you right now is so heavy, so deep, so strong. You need to pray through it. It didn't say scream through it. Some of y'all scream. That ain't going to help you. Screaming is, should be an effect of something else. Screaming's not powerful. Screaming's not going to get God's attention. That's not how you get God's attention. And sometimes it's just a show. The devil uses to distract church. But pray through. Use your words and speak authority. Use your words and talk about what you're going through. Call on the elders. Call on God. Use your mouth when you pray and don't just scream through it. Don't just shout through it. Don't just run the aisles through it. Don't just cry through it. But the elders said pray through it because spiritual help comes through praying in the Holy Ghost. Get an altar and you pray about it, and you pray about it, and you pray about it. You have people pray with you and lay hands on you, and you pray about it because when we pray, things shift in the atmosphere. When we pray, spirits begin to move. When we pray, God comes to our rescue. When we pray, things change. There's more power in prayer than in praise. And when you begin to pray, Jesus begins to speak to things. They move. Jesus, you don't praise your way out of some stuff. You speak to it. Jesus prayed through. In the garden, Brother Matthew, the Bible says he went to prayer because he was tempted. The devil was attacking him. He didn't shout. He didn't run aisles. He prayed. He got down on his face and said, if this takes me all night, I'll pray all night. But I'm praying until something shakes. I'm praying until something breaks. I'm praying until something happens. And he began to pray. And he said, Father, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do it. But not my will be done. Thy will be done. I'll do it your way, God. 
And then the angels came and ministered to him. As he prayed through the attack. Y'all, you can't go to a counselor when you're in a spiritual attack from the devil. That ain't going to do any good. Y'all, we got a whole group of, of, of ministers, Jaden, now wanting to be counselors because we don't want to have to walk in fasting and prayer. We want to counsel people. You can't counsel spirits in Austin. We try talking to them. It doesn't work. You've got to command them to come out for the devil. Generation of young preachers trying to go to Bible college to be a counselor. Anybody can talk to you about your problems, but only the anointed men and women of God can set people free. The difference in me and a counselor is you don't have to tell me what you're going through. I feel it already. You don't have to sit there with the couch and you tell me what your problems are. I already know. And a lot of times you don't even know what your own problems are. If you did, you wouldn't need me. God, help us. Help us unlock a spiritual move right now. Help us unlock a spiritual move right now, Jesus. Help us understand that our problems are spiritual. Help us get off this spirit today, this lie of the devil today that says you need a counselor or a drug or just to talk out your feelings. No, our problems are always back to the spirit. I gotta, I gotta finish this. Your personal trainer can help you with your exercise and your diet. Your personal Christian counselor can help you with your mentality. But where do you go for your spirituality? The most important of the three. We got, we've had people that never will miss their meeting with their counselor. They'll never. In fact, they'll pay them hundred dollars an hour. They won't pay ties. Because you value your mental health. Over your spiritual health. How much is your spirit worth? We got people that, that they'll go to the gym and they'll spend money on a gym membership and they'll get a trainer and spend all kinds of money on their, their, their body, their physical man. And your spirit is a wreck. So I want to know, where do you go when you've got spiritual problems? Who do you talk to about your spiritual problems? We got physicians pediatricians, but where are the spirit attritions? Listen, you don't need a doctor for the most important battles in your life. You need a reverend. And if I ever get my doctorate degree, don't announce me by doctor. Announce me by reverend. I'd rather be a reverend than a doctor any day because what this world needs is people full of the Holy Ghost anointing, not people who went to college and got a degree. I'm not saying don't get a doctorate. I'm saying my preference is I'd rather be anointed by the Holy Ghost and known as a holy man of anointing than somebody smart. This side of Austin needs the power of the Spirit. I saw the other day in a flyer, Jaden, they were announcing the speaker for the conference as doctor instead of reverend. That does not impress me. I don't care as much about your doctrine as I do how much you can pray and fast and cast out devils and see miracles, signs and wonders. That's what I care about. I want to see someone reverend. I want to see somebody that's devoted their life to Jesus Christ and committed. That's why I want preaching to my spirit. And you can be both. You can have a doctrine and be holy. Yes, there's lots of them in our movement, but I prefer the spiritual move. Over wisdom in the mind. More than you need your tofu, almond milk, and soy burgers, you need a Bible study. More than you need your deadlift, marathon, and Peloton, you need a prayer meeting. More than you need appeal, classical music, or a couch to talk on, you need a pastor. Because the majority of your problems are spiritual problems. Churches are getting empty. Gyms are getting full. Churches getting empty. Counselors' offices are being full. Pills everywhere. Doctor visits all the time. Because we think we've got a body problem. We think we've got some kind of mental problem. But the truth is, we've got a spiritual problem.
Our problems show up in our bodies and they linger in our minds, but they're rooted in the spirit. And we got to stop being distracted with this body problem, this body problem. Is it not a spiritual problem, though? Could it be that what you're battling in your health right now is spiritual? Could it be that maybe what you're battling right now, that you can't do this, can't do that, you feel this, maybe that's just something's wrong with your mind and something's wrong with your spirit? Why don't we start there and see what happens? God poured out the Holy Spirit on the church, not the holy thoughts. They received the Holy Spirit, church family, not the holy mental help. They received the Holy Spirit, not the holy body. Your body, when you got the Holy Ghost, did, did you just all of a sudden just get stronger? When I got the Holy Ghost, I didn't feel any stronger. I couldn't run any faster. I couldn't do more push-ups. Because that's not the point of the Holy Spirit. The point of the Holy Spirit is to go to the deepest place of my problems and start right there. Y'all good so far? We're not having church Wednesday. Let's have it tonight, okay? I got a spirit, but my mind still remembers the filthy things I used to do. I can't wash that out completely. I got a spirit, but my mind is still a little bit messed up on how I was raised. It's like, this is how I think I ought to do things, because that's all I remember. But I got a new spirit. I didn't get a new mind. But that new spirit, Brother Matthew, is helping my mind. That new spirit is helping me see things different than I saw when I was growing up. That new spirit in me is leading me into truth and away from the lies of this world. That new spirit in me is talking to me and my mind saying, what you think you know, you don't know. This is not the way. It's not the truth. It's not right. But the new spirit in me is talking to my old mind and it's making me into a new mind. And my mind is being renewed every day because the spirit that God gave me is helping my thoughts. When that spirit helps my thoughts, my thoughts affect my body. I don't have to eat all the food I used to eat because now I'm content in the spirit. It's easier for me to fast and lose weight now because I don't need food like I used to. I used to eat my emotions. Now I've got everything I need in Jesus. So the spirit affected my mind, and my mind told me I don't have to have that. You can go on a diet. You can eat vegetables for, for four years. Who cares? Because whenever you have a spirit in you, it affects your mind, and it eventually shows up in your body. I'm going to tell you about my problems with my, my eating. I'll tell you about mine. This is a lot of Americans, but let me tell you about mine. A lot of times whenever I'm eating a lot and I'm just going crazy and I feel horrible, it's because something's wrong in my spirit. And I'm trying to feel better. That's what, that's what for me anyway. Health, what happens in our body, it's connected in some ways. Church, I got a spirit, my body still aches. I can be praying in the Holy Ghost and I can feel the power of God on my neck's like, oh, you better stop. And I'm like, but I can't. And my spirit feels good, my body still hurts. Because God gave me a spiritual move and that gets me through when my body's not good. That gets me through whenever I can't get a new body and I, I, I can't maybe lose the weight I want to lose or I can't get that ache to go away. You see, when I go to the Spirit, it's a guaranteed peace to help me when nothing else is working. When I go to the Spirit, it gives me supernatural strength to help me when nothing in my body is working. You see, we have no guarantee of our body being okay. There's no guarantee we'll ever be healthy in the body. You may keep that sickness the rest of your life like a thorn in your flesh. going to judge you in this church based on your body because I don't know your story I don't know how much you're trying or not trying if you have some hormonal off balance no one's going to judge you in this church you, only you know your health and what you need to do to be healthy but there are some things in the body we will never get completely fixed because God gave me a spiritual change let me give you my, my last ones before we close today. King David's prayer after his adultery and the murder of one of his most faithful warriors, Psalms 51 and 10. This is what he said. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
I don't care about the things. I don't care about the crown. I don't care about all the servants. I don't care what I'll lose. I just want my spirit right. Yeah, this is a man that used that arm and killed Goliath, and he, he knew the power of the physical. This is a man that with his mind, he ruled a kingdom, but you know what he wanted the most from God when he messed up? He said, God, I know what I broke. I didn't break my body when I sinned. I didn't break my mind when I sinned. I broke the spirit. So what I need to start with is the thing that matters the most. And he said, take not away your spirit, God. Because if I lose the spirit, it's going to get in my mind. It's going to get in my body. It's going to affect every part of my life. That's why David was wise enough to know, get the spirit right. moving of God's spirit should always be our first priority. God moved his spirit upon the earth before he ever created life. Watch this in Genesis 1 and 1. I've got to show you this. Genesis 1 and 1, 1 through 3. This is so powerful. This is the beginning of time. Verse 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God, the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. What's the first thing that moved? What's the first thing that moved? What's the first thing that showed up? It's the foundation of all life. The spirit moving is the foundation of all life. Watch this. I'm going I'm to show you a revelation that God gave me just last night. Watch this. And the spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. Now look what happened second. And God said, but you missed it. God spoke. The second thing that happened, Matthew, was God's word went forth. What's the third thing that happened? There was light. Spirit. Word, light, something you can't see, something you hear, something you see. The Spirit of God always shows up first. And when the Spirit of God goes first, there will be a word. And when the word goes forth, there will be a manifestation. I can almost see the spirit, the soul, and the flesh. I can see what's behind it all. I can see the thought and process, the logos of God. I can see that inspiration of God going forth in a word. And then I can see the manifestation of that word being a light. People can't see your soul. They see your flesh. People can't see God unless there's a manifestation of light. You will have no light if there is no spirit moving. And you will have no word if there is no spirit moving. And God wanted me to show you that even in the beginning, the spirit creates an atmosphere for the word to go forth. You think you need a word from God? I've come to tell you, you need the spirit of God. Because there is no word from God. There is no spirit of God moving. I need the light of God to reveal himself to me. I'm going through a trial. No, you don't need the spirit of God to move on you. You got the cart before the horse. You're backwards. You're wanting God to give you a sign. You don't want a spirit to move on you. We want the flesh first. We want God to show light now. We want a word from heaven right now. But you know what we don't understand? Is before you can hear it and before you can see it, God is moving. You see how the Spirit works? Before you ever get a word and before you ever see anything, God is inspiring you. What is a move of God in the Holy Ghost? It's God working right now for your deliverance. Before you hear a word, and before you see a chain fall off, when the Spirit of God begins to move through the place, the atmosphere is ready for something to be created. But nothing is created without a move of the Spirit. Your soul will always be damaged unless the Spirit starts moving. Your flesh will always be messed up until the Spirit starts moving. And that's why I'm telling you through the scripture today that if you want something to shift wherever you're dealing with right now, it's a spiritual problem. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Let me give you a great example, Mark 13 and 11. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. 
Everybody say word. But whatever is given to you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit that speaks. Don't premeditate what you're going to say. Word, logos. Don't worry about what you're going to say because the Spirit's going to be there. Giving you what you need, Brother Brandon. When you need it. We don't need a word. We need a spirit. You can't premeditate what we're about to do. You can't imagine what we're about to have to do in this city. You can't get in your mind because his ways are higher than our ways. There's no way for you to think through what's happening next. Just know this. When God begins to move, when his spirit begins to move, you won't have to have anything else. When you fix the spiritual problem, the word just flows. The power just goes. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We just need a move of the Spirit. The Spirit creates the Word. The Word creates the light. The world gets the light when the church follows the Spirit. And watch this. There is no college class on end-time persecution. You better make sure you're full of the Holy Ghost. The prophet said this, Isaiah 55, I'm closing, musicians, musicians, go ahead and come on up. Isaiah 55 and 8, this is my second close, I have like four or five. My thoughts are not your thoughts, watch this, Isaiah 55 and 8, but, but nor my ways your ways. Anybody believe that about God? Somebody say his ways are higher. His ways are greater. His thoughts are beyond us. Uh, there's no way we could ever understand God. But that's why Hebrews 2 and 9 says, but we see Jesus uh, who was made a little lower. His thoughts are high. His ways are high. But Jesus is low. Because Jesus is low, we have access to his spirit. And now it's not so high anymore. Now it's not too far anymore because he sent his son down. Acts chapter 2 and 16, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. What happens when you pour something out? It falls up or down. When you pour something out, it falls down. His ways are higher, but his spirit is low. Understanding is not a fruit of the spirit. You know, understanding is one of the one number one number one things I want is understanding. I want to know why I'm going through what I'm going through. But one of the fruit of the Spirit is not understanding. But Andrew, I can have all the other fruit of the Spirit and still have not have a clue. In fact, that's why I need the fruit of the Spirit. Because well, I may not understand why you treat me like you do, but I still love you I may be going through all hell but I still have joy I may not understand why things are so chaotic but I have peace and you may want to fight me but I'm still gentle this world's trying to destroy me but there's goodness in me and I'm going through hell but there's long suffering God gave us everything we need to deal with everything we're going through. Let's all stand together. I'm going to close today with you standing prepared to, to pray. Thank you, Father. She hit her little head. Bless her, Jesus. You may have to take her out to the nursery if she, if she needs some time. It's okay. It doesn't bother us. Thank you. We understand it happens. In Jesus' name. No wonder Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto you, you've got to be born again of water and spirit. Some of you are like, Pastor, my first birth was so messed up. My, my childhood was so bad. The other day I was praying. And I said, God, how can I help people who had horrible childhoods? Because apparently if you have a bad childhood, you're just never going to make it in life. That's what all the 
counselors are saying is like, you're everything that happens to you in your future happened because you're a child. And I'm like, what are we going to do about all these bad childhoods? I, 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 I deny, I rebuke that spirit. There's no way. But you know what? The answer is be born again. But mama raised me this way, and I'm just so messed up. Be born again. But my daddy did this to me. Be born again. Are you saying your first birth was pretty messed up? Absolutely. Marvel not that I say it to you. You must be born again. But I have so much childhood trauma. You shouldn't after you're born again. You got a new daddy now. You have a new mom now. You have a new spirit in you now. You see, you're trying to get new thoughts about your mom and your dad, but you're not going to get new thoughts about your mom and your dad until you get the right spirit. You're trying to get your mind right on your past. You can't get your mind right on abuse. Y'all hearing me? I'm sorry you went through what you went through. But I can't counsel you enough to help you through the, some of the pain you've suffered from the people that were supposed to protect you the most. And they didn't. There is no amount of thinking through this. There is no amount of running marathons eating diets, what you're facing right now is a spiritual problem. And the only hope for you, church family, is for you to be born again with a new spirit. Because when you get a new spirit, it begins to change your thinking. And when your thinking begins to change, it shows up in your body. There have been times I have felt peace in my body because my spirit was at peace. There have been times I hyperventilated because my spirit was not at peace. There have been times I had a panic attack, they say. Do you know what that is? That's called fear. Everything you're battling right now, its source is spiritual. And that's why we have got to make sure that there is a move of the spirit today in us. Because when the spirit begins to move, it creates an atmosphere for word to go forth. And when the word goes forth, something new is created in you. Something manifests out of you. And God gets glory through you. But you have got to first get into that spiritual realm. You know what that means? Forget about your body for a second. Forget about the aches and pains and what you feel. And I'm ugly, I'm handsome, I'm all that. Stop all that. Forget about what you think. I just think this, and I think this church is loud, and it was hot and cold, and those people dance weird, and I just don't. My grandma said that God is this. And stop thinking. Stop thinking. You're going to think yourself to hell. You are not that smart. You are not God. I'm not either. Stop thinking for a second. Your mind has been so messed up through turmoil, pain, and abuse, and that here you are, your own God today, thinking through everything. Stop thinking. Go to the Spirit. Be baptized afresh today with the Holy Ghost and power. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You'll start thinking different, Edgar. You'll see people different. You'll have a love for people that hate you. You'll have peace for people who are chaotic. The whole world's going crazy, but not me. You may not ever get your mind just right. You may never get your body just right. But you know what you can guaranteed have today, Brother George? You can guaranteed leave this place with a new spirit. Sometimes on the Matthew, I think too much. Sometimes I think about my past and my regrets, and I should have done that different. And this happened when I was a kid, and then I just got to every now and then turn off my brain. Get in the spirit. Because then it seems like I can filter all that pain and suffering, and all that abuse, and all that I went through in the filth. The spirit whispers to me and says, I've got you, I had you here, I took care of that. See them different. Don't be mad at them. Forgive them. Move on past them. The Spirit of God will lead and guide us into all truth. Your mind has lived a lie for far too long. It's time for the Spirit to take you out of that first birth. Where all things are new now. Brother Ray, I'm sorry. I wish we could undo everything that's happened to you. In your childhood. 
what you meant. I wish we could fix everything that happened. I wish we could go back and, and fix any effect that any drug that you had to take for medical reasons, whatever it did or didn't do, I wish we could help you through every physical problem, everything you've been through. We can't, but here's a guarantee thing we can do. We can help you be full of the Spirit. Because you right now, my brother, are a spiritual being. Sometimes you feel broken. Sometimes you think things aren't working right, but you're still spirit. And when the Spirit begins to move, everything else begins to shift and change and heal and be made new. That's why we've got to go to the Spirit today and start to pray through. I'll tell you what, if you want to pray through with me today, I'm going to pray through too. I want you to come to the front, stand, stay